Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the 13th episode already of the Short Track Talk podcast. Today, I am really excited because we've got a little bit of a different podcast today. Uh, we're switching disciplines, cycling disciplines. We're staying on the same sport, I promise. But I'm really excited because we've got one of the best track riders in the whole world. She just competed at Worlds with some really good results. And she's Canadian national champion, both in road, criterium, and omnium. So as you can see, she's got she's got quite quite the backpack, you could call it that way. And for those who don't know who I'm talking about yet, we have the professional writer from the DNA Pro Cycling team, Maggie Coles Lister. Hello, Maggie. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, uh, thank you for coming to the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. How is the off-season feeling? Uh, world's just finished, so I imagine you're finally relaxing a bit, uh, enjoying life a little bit more. Got some pressure. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, it was a really big season and yeah, world's finished. And so that meant a couple of weeks off the bike. Although, unfortunately, I had to get some teeth surgery and I got sick and it hasn't been the off season I was <laughs> necessarily hoping for originally. But um, hopefully this next week, things will look up a bit. Uh, for sure. It's just uh, sometimes things just don't don't go the way you plan them. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure you'll have a better second week of relaxing. Uh, so first of all, uh, Worlds uh, just finished. How was the experience for you? Uh, like I mentioned, fourth in the Omnium, just two points away from a bronze medal in the World Championship. Must have been a bit frustrating, but also I can imagine a lot of illusion put in there and a lot of lot of enthusiasm uh, to being uh, one of the best four riders in Omnium in the world, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, just like overview of the whole world, I came away really proud. That was my second world championships and first world championships racing the Omnium. Um, and I really haven't raced it at that many world cups either. So to come away fourth, I mean, fourth is that placing that like can either eat you up or you can use it as motivation. And of course, being two points away from a medal is absolute torture, but like, I, I'm very proud of how I raced and know that I did everything within my power and like drain myself. Like I, I aspired to finish that points race with nothing left in the system. And I just lay on the ground afterwards. And that was exactly what happened. So um, I knew I gave it my all to try to get that medal and it didn't quite play out, but it definitely fueled my fire even more to get back to training this weekend or this, not this weekend, definitely not this weekend, but uh, this winter and uh, yeah, get, get that medal next year. Yeah, of course. And especially uh, you were raising in uh, Cycling Ballodrome in Paris, which is going mm-hmm. to be quite a special place in less than two years time. So I imagine it was already the atmosphere. You could tell a lot of people thinking that next race there in that velodrome was going to be the Olympics. So how is that feeling? How is raising knowing that next time you'd, you'd be there, hopefully will be on an even bigger occasion that World Championships? Yeah, I feel like it's a really unique experience to be able to be in a venue and go through the process. Like I think the hotel we were staying at is where we'll be during the Olympics. Uh, The track obviously we'll be racing on. And so to like really understand and and not just the dynamics of how the track races, but everything else just to be in that atmosphere um, really just, I think, sets you up for an even better Olympic experience and just makes it a bit of a less shock on the system. And I mean, it's cool. I'll be able to race this track again in 
what, like three weeks during the track champions league. So lots of, lots of exposure to this track and which is a good thing. Cause I found it races extremely different than any other track I've raced on. So this is good. <laughs> really? Uh, what would you say is the biggest difference you've noticed from, from other races you might have done so far? Well, the track is so just tall. Yeah, so it's really steep. I think we were saying like, yeah, so it's steeper, it's taller and the corners are longer. So just how you time your sprint and how you come around in the corners, all that's like just a little bit different, but different enough that it can just like, especially in an elimination can really kind of nip you in the butt. So um, yeah, figuring out all those little changes and adaptations that need to be made for this track. Uh, yeah, it's cool that I get a race it this much before. Yeah, of course. It's just all about getting the experience for when the day comes uh, to have it all. Yeah. I mean, these worlds were big, but the Olympics are the two years away. So it's all just a stepping stone to there. So Yeah, exactly. So, well, that's interesting to know. And yeah, I didn't know those specific details about the track. It's also really interesting finding out that kind of stuff uh, compared to other velodromes and other tracks. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And now uh, staying a little bit outside of the back of the bike, uh, leaving it for a little bit but we'll get back to it can you tell us how you first got on a bike when you were a kid yeah so I actually I, I think I was kind of a late bloomer to riding a bike like I didn't learn to ride without training wheels till I was probably six which I feel like is pretty late <laughs> but my parents owned a bike store and they ran an adventure tour business so I was just always exposed to like the bike world and bike community and I I don't know what made me want to go to every race with my dad when he, he had a team as well that he supported at races. And I just wanted to be there and support at these races with him when I was like eight years old, like what eight year old wants to do that. But for some reason I wanted to do that. So I guess I just really liked the whole cycling world and um, even just standing in a feed zone and handing up bottles to people. Like that was so exciting for me. Uh, so yeah, it was just always kind of a love and a passion and, my dad is actually my coach um, and he wasn't my first coach, but he's been my coach for many, many years now. And it like, even when I was young, when I started riding, when I really progressed through the categories and all that, like he never pushed me. It was always just like my own passion and love for the sport that I followed. And I think that's what like drove me to start it at such a young age and just still be in it. And like you mentioned, it's just probably one of the things that got you to being one of the best uh, track riders in the world, uh, not just not being pushed and let it all be more natural and let it let mm -hmm. it slide and see how it played. But no, that's actually really interesting. And I've got to ask, how is having your dad as a coach? I imagine there's better times. There's sometimes when it doesn't go as well. Yeah. So overall, it works out really well. I would say the most tricky part was when I was obviously a teenager and kind of just figuring out okay like I'm living at home what is what is dad what is coach like we kind of need to define <laughs> what role you can have or what say you can have on what I do in my life and all that throughout there and he's been really good at like working together to figure that out and adapt to what works and what doesn't um so yeah, I'd say there's like been a few ups and ups and downs, but overall, like yeah, he's one of my best friends. So like we just get along really well and mesh really easily. And he really listens to me and trusts what I like. Uh, I'd say I have a really good understanding of myself and my body and all this through like the yoga practice I've done and just 
Um, I'm just kind of one of those people. So he really trusts me in what I think. And, but then also knows when to push me and when to call my bluff and (laughs) (laughs) tell me to just get over it, you know? So it's good. He he knows how to hit the right buttons. Let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, no, that's that's great, and just uh, probably one of the trickiest things, like you mentioned, is just being being able to walk that fine line at home between that and coach, especially in those years mm-hmm. when you're just growing up, uh, when experience in general, and not always, not always what a coach would want, but yeah, it just has to be that way. <laughs> exactly, like I want to go out. I know I'm gonna have to train tomorrow, but I never go out. <laughs> that's like what I want to do. My friends are like you can't tell me I can't do that. Cause if you weren't living here, you wouldn't know. So, you know, that kind of stuff, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, well, thank you for sharing that. Super interesting. And, uh, now leaving worlds aside a bit, uh, it's been a pretty good season for you. I'd say, uh, I don't know how you will call it, mm-hmm. but it's been quite successful, uh, in terms of national champs. Uh, that's just, let's put it. You've had no rival. You get to say it that way. You've been, <laughs> You you've been road road national champ, Criterium national champ, and Omnium national champ. So uh, how's that been for you? The whole process and the whole process of seeing you just constantly beat the others. And well, you have a couple of really tight races, though I must say it hasn't been yeah. always an easy path. But still, you've you've came on as a winner. So how's that been for you this year? It it's been a huge year of like a confidence boost for me. I would say I, I put in a lot of work during the pandemic. It was kind of a blessing in disguise, like came out of junior, just raced and raced and raced, never really got a chance to train and build that engine. So the pandemic kind of offered me that opportunity to actually train. So like 2021 and then this year has just been like a slow upward trajectory and to like win first the road race and then the crit back to back was probably beyond what I actually thought I could do like I I knew I had that capability in me under the right conditions but just to do it is like a whole other thing and then to be like relatively consistent with results I mean I feel like my expectations throughout the year just grew and grew and grew so like okay I I want to be super dominant I want to win all this and then you'd come up with second and third okay don't be disappointed like had some big results it's just gonna keep it's just gonna keep going in that direction um and then to win the Omnium, like that was, I mean, it's pretty surreal and pretty cool. Like, I think I'm the only Canadian who has done all three and just like having that sink in. And I'd say that's still probably sinking in a bit. But yeah, wearing the maple leaf for the next year is it, it's a special feeling and just it's just fun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking at your Instagram post and there was a lot of maple leaf, maple leaf going on there, especially some really cool clothing. So I'm sure I'm sure you enjoy yeah, it. Having- yeah. They've done a really good job at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, and yeah, like you mentioned, it's just uh, having that consistency and getting keep getting motivation boosts and just setting up goals even higher. So you said that as the season went by, your goals just kept, kept increasing. So could you tell us what your goals were at the start of the season? What's been changing to see? Uh, well, my goal was definitely win Crit Nationals. Like I knew I had that in me. Uh, the road race was probably beyond what I thought I could do at that time. I knew I could podium or do well in it. Um, and yeah, have a more consistent like USA uh, Criterium season. Um, 
than last year, just with more wins. So those those were part of my goals. And then uh, definitely medals at Commonwealth was huge for me. And I got one of those, but I, I came away. It was a bit of a bittersweet thing. Like, again, a fourth, a fifth. Yeah, it was, <laughs> All those it was there. All those places that are just close. It, it was like right there, but just not quite. So I'd say that was, yeah, getting a bronze medal is really exciting. But it was almost more of a frustration. <laughs> oh, like I really knew I had it in me and really wanted it. But um of course, you just got to turn that into more fuel for the fire. Just get over it. <laughs> and there will be more Commonwealth games. There will be more oh, other be. games. So, you're still, yeah. You're still pretty young. You got plenty of Com games and Olympics and Worlds yeah. left in your career. Thank God. And uh, speaking a little bit about the road race, uh, you've been racing in Europe track. You haven't raced much on the road with a team. So, we'll be, will we be seeing some more of that in the future? Uh, you racing some bigger races around Europe and not just in the US. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't really been over to Europe since. Like I raced on a Belgian team in 2017. Um, and then I had some bad act in 2018 and kind of just came back and really like got my groove back in the North American racing scene. But I can't say quite yet. But yes, there will be Europe next year for sure. Oh, I, I can hear something cooking there. I, I can see that look. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. something in the game. I'm sure we'll Hopefully find out soon. soon. Hopefully soon. soon we find out. Of course, yeah, for sure. I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. And you raced a little bit of everything. You raced road, you raced criteriums, uh, you raced track. Uh, what's your favorite? Uh, that's always like my hardest question. So um, for the longest time, track was definitely my favorite, you know, as I was a young girl and going through like weight fluctuations and all this and road, you're like, ah, oh, I hate hills <laughs> at that time. So I feel yeah, that. And, yeah <laughs> but it doesn't matter on the track. So yeah, track was my favorite for quite a while. But now I would just say the balance is like what I like about having the two disciplines. I don't really have per se a favorite, but I mean, too much of one yeah i don't know you don't get bored on it but you just get a little burnt out on it throughout a season so mixing it up with like other groups and other kinds of racing and like just just the balance I, I keeps my cycling world going around you know yeah it's just uh keep it the balance and not just getting burnt out like you mentioned from uh, doing this thing or the other and having that variety also allows you to uh, sometimes gain some qualities that you might not gain if you mm-hmm. just stayed on on one of those disciplines right so it's oh, they al- complement each other so well as yeah. well, for sure. It's always important to just keep developing and keep working and always keep learning. So yeah. we've talked a little bit about everything, really. And uh, well, let's talk a little bit about Maggie, the person, uh, instead of the rider. Uh, what is it you enjoy doing in general besides the bike world? Well, I grew up riding horses. So when I'm home, I try to keep that going. I mean, obviously, I can't compete like I used to that's too much time commitment and I'm on the road too much but I mean that's kind of a passion I'm slowly slowly crawling my way through my undergrad degree <laughs> um and so that that's a very slow process with a very long timeline <laughs> but we'll get there so I, I I do like having things on the go while I'm racing like just having that fallback plan like you never plan for the worst but just having something else in case you get injured or whatever could happen that you can then put that energy into so yeah my degree is one of that I I kind of te- like I have my yoga teaching and personal trainer certificate so uh I dabble a bit in that but again 
like it's it's tough when you're on the road to do that like actually have a job at that and this um and I'm kind of cracked on the whole virtual teaching <laughs> stuff so I just want to teach them in, in person and be with people uh so so we'll see where each of that takes me but yeah on the schooling side I would love to get into vet school when I'm done racing and um, actually specialize as an aquatic vet and work in a research center or out on a research boat or something along those lines. So that is my master plan. So, oh, by the way, like I, I didn't ha even have to ask. You got everything pretty well laid out. <laughs> oh, that's, that's yeah. Really I, I I know my plan. I know what I want. You know? Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. No, it's 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 really good. And like you mentioned, just uh, having something to fall back on in case uh, injuries, like you mentioned, or whatever. You never really know. Or pandemic, even uh, once again, mm -hmm. you can't really predict anything at this point. So just having having something to fall back on. And not just get fr frustrated because the only thing's gone. I think it's really important, and it's just yeah. key to also keeping a stable mental health, if we can call it that way. So you're not only absolutely on one thing. And what what is it you're doing uh, as an undergrad? Uh, I'm doing a bachelor with a major in biology, or bachelor of science with a major in biology, and a minor in kinesiology, just because I have all the like yoga, fitness stuff. I do have a, obviously an interest in there but definitely want to work more in the um like marine biology field so yeah yeah absolutely i mean uh, yeah. you stated it pretty pretty clear i'd say so <laughs> yeah I, i mean what i've had to learn over the years is obviously the pandemic taught us that like you, you've got to be flexible with your plans and willing to shift and stuff so i do have this master plan but it's not like this by 27 i have to be done or be applied for vet school or whatever. I'm like, yeah, maybe I want to do three Olympic cycles. Maybe I want to do more. I don't know. The best females, some of the best cyclists in the world are like 40 something right now. So like that's 17 more years, which is kind of a terrifying thought, but also like potentially cool. So, you know, you just never know where life is going to take you. So it's not this like set in stone plan. Maybe I don't want to go do five years of vet school when I'm 40. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> who it's knows where life about, is going to take you? All about finding that balance, like you mentioned. And yes, uh, there's this woman called Anamique who's going to be like 38 next <laughs> year. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was working at a professional race this summer. Uh, she was racing and yeah, it was pretty impressive. Uh, let's put it that way. It's wild. Yeah, it's super impressive. Uh, but yeah, no, it's really interesting. And uh, of course, uh, how are you dealing? Because you mentioned you're slowly getting through it but how is it how is it having all the pressure and all the tension and all the time that being a professional writer takes from you because many people think it's only training but there's just so much more to it and studying on the other hand because as I imagine it takes a lot from you yeah well that's where I really had to find that balance of what I can actually manage because I, I I will definitely overload my schedule until I'm absolutely overwhelmed. But you know what? I don't want to do like three different things at 60% capacity each. Like I, I want to do what I'm doing right now at a hundred percent. And so um, it's just like constantly checking in with myself if everything else I'm doing, like, okay, I, I do like the social media side and that. And so is that getting too overwhelming? Like, do I need to back off and like take the pressure off for a little bit? Or is this something that is like fulfilling my downtime and something I can keep working on? Like 
a, a big thing I find is when I am taking courses, but then travel over to Europe, I, there was times I was doing like classes at one to 3am <laughs> and like, that doesn't work. You can't do that and train. And so it's really just trying to plan ahead and like, is, is this going to work? It, am I going to <laughs> suffer more because of it? So um, yeah, I guess like there's, there's that side and just being clear on what you really want and then prioritize prioritizing down from there. And I mean, the pressure side of it, it, it hits you at really like the most unexpected times. Like I, I found last year, um, I, I love the pressure and like the eyes on the riders at the track league and stuff. And, you know, everyone back home is watching the TV and all of this. And it was great, 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 great. And then we got to London and I'm like, oh man, like <laughs> I am not feeling great. Like I, I'd crashed a couple of days before London and there's all these people texting me. They're like, Hey, we're watch- tuning in tonight. We'll watch your race. Good luck. And just, just all of that starts yeah. adding up. And you're like, Oh my God, like I am going to let people down. Like I don't feel good. And then um, like that, that I find there's been moments like that where it's really got me but otherwise otherwise I like it it just kind of hypes me up the pressure on it like I, I want to form I want to um like surpass people's expectations and I just kind of thrive off of that most of the time so yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. one of those eh? yeah <laughs> I know that's, that's absolutely fair and uh mentioning like one of those times like the one you had in London uh, how do you handle it? Because it's never easy to go through those moments, especially when you're racing. Uh, it can be pretty overwhelming. So uh, if you don't mind sharing it, uh, how do you handle those moments? Because it, it's something that happens, not always, but that can happen uh, in a cycling career or any sports, really. And it's something that not mm-hmm. many people uh, realize or not many people share or it doesn't really show because you at the end of the day you only see the social media and the race right and there's just so much more going on outside of the race and outside of social media of course yeah so like if we're talking kind of in the moment how I deal with it um I mean my tendency would just be to like put my headphones on between races and kind of retreat but like really using that opportunity to like push myself and just lean into the whole like cameras in your face people up there like get into the waving and like just just try to trying to energize myself and get kind of just back into it and so what if the racing's bad if I can like make people cheer and laugh or try something in a race and if it fails whatever like it, it's better than not doing anything so like just anything to re-engage myself with the atmosphere and what's happening is kind of becomes like like the 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 mountain I just need to get over like just don't put the headphones on don't go find a dark room like don't do that (laughs) just get back in the atmosphere it's only like two hours tonight that you have to deal with this um and so yeah that's kind of where like that pushing myself needs to come from because that's like the the last thing in that moment I kind of want to do um but but then once you're back into it you just kind of get back into the groove and I don't know moments where you smile throughout the night so um yeah that's how what I've kind of found works for me I know everybody is extremely different when it comes to that but yeah I mean each person has a different body different mind different way of thinking Mm -hmm. so I was just uh different I was just curious uh thank you for sharing it 
of course. Uh, your way yeah. is, is not better or worse than anybody else's. It's just your way yeah. all works for you. So that's, that's the important thing. And now, uh, changing up the topic, I was living last year in Canada. Winter was freezing cold. Let's just put it that way. Uh, minus 30 every day through January was just a vibe at that point. Uh, so how yeah. do you handle training in winter in Canada? Oof, I mean... Because I could not year. imagine. I, I, I ride for fun. I'm no professional, but I could not imagine going out in those conditions ever in my life. <laughs> yeah, so I feel the older I get, the softer I get. Um, and I struggle to go out in those conditions as well, especially, I mean, on the West Coast, we don't get the minus 30, but we get the like zero or even down to minus 10 but then like sometimes raining sometimes just verging on the rain to snow and that I don't care if people say minus 30 is worse that is the worst weather to do anything in because you're wet and then you're also cold and like there is no coming back from that um so yeah if you're riding like you got to be super creative on how you dress um with sometimes it's just not possible sometimes it's just hours on the trainer which also can crack you mentally uh on, on really bad days I mean I'm lucky to be like 30 45 minutes from the mountains um so I'll, dr I'll just drive up and go for a snowshoe or I'm attempting to learn to cross-country ski uh it's <laughs> been met with lots of bruises and falling and <laughs> I am like a baby deer on <laughs> skis <laughs> It's not good. Uh, but yeah, so I've tried to just kind of fill that endurance gap with those kinds of activity activities that it's easier to dress for the snow than cold and wet. Um, and but like, yeah, this year we had like two days of rain and cold and my boyfriend and I were like, nope, we're driving down to California. So we packed up a car and just left. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> so there's, there's also, also that option. <laughs> <laughs> that's also a pretty good vibe i'd say i mean just driving down to california uh, where the warm weather is and just training there is, is not that bad of an option i'd say like, you know what they say west coast best coast you know <laughs> the whole west coast yeah it's true like yeah. you mentioned my minus 30 was in the east coast and there i was like I, i'd see people oh. running sometimes in that that temperature and i was like I, I don't i don't know what these people are doing but <laughs> you never seen that's frostbite that's frostbite territory. No, thank you. <laughs> no, yeah. And uh, like you said, sometimes you got to get creative uh, to dress mm -hmm. up to be able to go train outside. Uh, is there anything that you, you can share that's been just funny to go train on, but that it was the only option in order to be able to train? Oh, the only option to be able to train. I... I'm sure you've been quite creative uh, many times. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there's things I've done, like, <laughs> stupid things like running in the winter, you know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's fine until you suffer for the next week, because <laughs> you haven't done it in ages. I, I feel like, yeah, I haven't, I feel like I've been creative, but it, it mostly ends up coming down to, like, pure frustration of just not wanting to get on the bike, and so you go for a run, even though you haven't done that for a very long time, or... Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I have a I have a cross bike, so that makes things easier if you can get into the woods and we have lots of gravel around here. So, but nothing I would say really ridiculous. I've been really lucky with going to warm weather during the winters here. I I will admit. So. <laughs> so you just mentioned gravel. Is it something you'd like to race on in the near future? 
Or are we sticking to the road bike on the track? I think we're sticking to road bike and track. Um, yeah, I was like, so I, I grew up doing cyclocross as well. And uh, the first year junior went to worlds in all three and then realized that the only thing I was good at in cross at that time was crashing and getting up and like going again. Um, so that one kind of went on the back burner. But then gravel, like, I don't know. The races are just a little long for me. <laughs> I'm not into the like six, seven hours on the bike kind of deal, you know? Yeah. yeah that's just Road races are fine, but that that's a special kind of person. <laughs> but I got to tell you, when you answered, uh, when you answered before what your lifeline of studying was, and that was really straightforward and that was really clear. And then you were like, uh... So I see that now we might see you racing sometime soon in, in a gravel race or even in a, in a <laughs> even in gravel maybe. Worlds. maybe. I and... could probably I could be talked into it easily. That that <laughs> I'm I'll say that. <laughs> if someone else told me to do it, maybe. And in terms of track, uh, do you get to train often there in at home? Um yeah, so we have a little two hundred meter old track here in Burnaby. So it the there's only a, like a handful of uh, indoor track in Canada, and this That's is the only one I'm on the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. So luckily, I do have it here, and throughout the winters, I can get on that quite often. Um, but I mean, for for most of the training on the track, we are like we'll do camps out in Milton before any big track event. So that's primarily uh, where I train, or like when I go warm weather down in California, I'll bring my track bike down and they have the track down there as well. So um, that, I'll mix it up, but I find it doesn't like, I don't need a ton of track to prep for, for track yeah. races. For sure. yeah, yeah. Unless team pursuit, I mean, is a special case in yeah. its own, but yeah, I mean, you can do a lot of the work on the road. No. Yeah. I was going to say it's more than fair. And there's a lot of road riders too, uh, both in men's and women's that just don't train and go with the flow many times. They don't, they don't just really hop on the track. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, a little bit of more interesting question. You mentioned you were really excited to wear the Maple Leaf uh, this year, mm -hmm. but how has it been racing for team Canada all along uh, both worlds? Are you a junior world championship in points? Uh, in 2017 so I imagine that was pretty special too so how has that the whole stash to call it that way been uh yeah that that was really special obviously with junior worlds and winning that um racing with the national team I mean I I feel like it can be said for all national teams they are a, a unique kind of organization and there's trials and tribulations with it all and I mean, a lot of it's down to like selection and agreeing or not agreeing with decisions made. And they're not, they're not easy. <laughs> um, but for sure, I love wearing the maple leaf and representing it at um, events. And th that's an incredible feeling. But yeah. Yeah, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. We'll leave it there. <laughs> Yeah, I get what you mean. We'll leave it there. Uh, I'm sure in that. And uh, you've been racing all around the world too, uh, with track. And by the looks of it, you're going to be racing road too sometime soon. So, uh, what has been your favorite place to race in so far? Because you've been here and there. Ooh. Okay, so it's down between Norway for when we were there um, for Bergen 
for the World Championships in 2017. That was like Norway is just so beautiful and I love the lifestyle. I don't love how much it costs, but everything else about Norway was just like lovely. Although it rains more than it does in Vancouver. So I could never do that. But for like a couple days there, it was great. Um, I really like Hong Kong as well. I thought that was a really cool place. I mean, it's another city on the ocean, but it's just there was like it's such a diverse city and there's so much to it and there's like big uh national parks right there and i don't know i found it a really cool place um and yeah very different obviously than anywhere in canada or north america so yeah between those two well all the totally different places whatsoever like nothing you know one of them has nothing to do with each other and i'll say magical Norway also brings uh, back really good memories, so that, that I'm sure that contributes to it. Mm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, no. And uh, coming to an end, uh, one of the last questions: What would you say goals for next season? If you have them in mind already, I'm sure you do. I'm sure there's something you are in the back of your head knocking that I want to do this or I want to do that. And if you can share them, of course, because I I'm sure there's some some stuff you can't just share yet. So mm-hmm. well, I mean, goals that uh, have have become more real realistic, I'd say, in the past month are for sure medal in the Omnium next year. Like that has to happen <laughs> at Worlds. Um, and I mean, we'll we'll have Pan American Games out here. Pan-American. So uh, yeah, that becomes another goal, especially a year out, another games experience, a year out from the olympics and i mean i've always wanted to race the classic so we'll see oh, okay okay she's <laughs> she's she's le- letting something slide in there um uh, the ones who understood understood and yeah well that's really exciting and i really hope you, you get to race that and um, by the sounds of it i think you'll, you'll get to experience uh, some europe and some belgian weather and some netherlands yep yeah well, that's, fun stuff that's... yep <laughs> love the rain love, love the, cold. the rain yeah i mean it's not as cold as in canada i gotta say like yeah. the rain true i give you that but you live in Vancouver, so like you you practically live underwater at that point <laughs> we practically do we have another atmospheric river coming in this weekend oh that isn't that exciting yeah it's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like lots yeah. and lots of rain uh well uh I like you. I'd like to thank you for coming to the podcast. I really enjoyed the interview. Uh, sharing lots of super interesting thoughts and facts and lots of stuff I didn't know, which is always nice learning too. And last question, uh, probably a tough one, I'd say. Uh, could you give me a song to put at the end of the podcast? It could be anything you like listening to. Oh, the, the, face, oh. the face has it all. That is a really tough question. It can be something oh. you just enjoy listening to or something that hypes you up. I don't really mind. We had we've had so all sorts of songs so far. So you won't be introducing anything different. So don't feel pressured at all. Just I feel pressured. <laughs> <laughs> just too much pressure. Uh 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 what do I listen to? I'm sure London was worse. It can be worse than this. This is true. Will you judge me if you just like choose anything by Olivia Rodrigo? <laughs> no. I will not. I just wait. Give me the name though. Uh, I get. I accept that. Give me a name. Okay, just put like "Good for You" at the end. The song that's good for you. Okay, yeah, that works. Okay. Yeah, that's just put perfect. That. 
Yeah, I'll be judged for it. Like, oh gosh, okay. but just just put it. Uh, <laughs> no, you you will not be judged. I promise. Uh, well, uh, like I said, Maggie, uh, thank you for coming to the podcast. It's been a true pleasure, and I wish you the best of luck. Uh, have a very good next week off season. Uh, hopefully, better than this one. And yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. I guess that you've been working on yourself I guess the therapist I found for you should really help Now you can be a better man for your brand new girl